From Connect Booster, I'm Ryan Goodman. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of talking to Nancy Hamrovic, Executive Vice President of Industry Relations for CompTIA and also CEO of the CompTIA Tech Careers Academy. As everyone in the IT industry knows, Nancy and her team have done amazing things for the tech community, specifically around research and education, as well as certifications. Here's what she had to say. The pandemic really put a spotlight on how woefully inequipped we were to manage cybersecurity in a remote world. MSPs did a terrific job of shoring up uh, their customers and getting people up to speed with cybersecurity, but we have a long way to go. Nancy, thank you for joining me today, especially uh, one day before. I know you're going to take a little bit of time off, so again, appreciate you spending some time with us here. Yeah, thank you. Happy to. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. You bet. So um, I I am interested and I know our listeners are going to be really interested in learning uh, not only about your uh, uh, perspective and thoughts about, you know, the what we've gone through in 2020, you know, what MSPs uh, uh, are going to be dealing with going into 2021, but also, you know, CompTIA's perspective, you know, on, on 2021. But before we get into all that, I'd, I'd love to ask you a couple other questions to get us kicked off. Are you okay with that? Yeah, sure. Awesome. So uh, here's a big one. Admittedly, this is a big, uh, a big question uh, based on the size and scope of the organization of CompTIA as a whole. But if you could just give us, you know, really a hundred thousand foot view of of CompTIA and the the programs and and uh, resources that your organization provides to the IT community. Okay, wonderful. So CompTIA is a global technology trade association. We are a self-funded not-for-profit, which makes us very unique as an association. Mm -hmm. Um, We are funded by the sale of our technical certifications and training. So there's one side of the house, if you will, that's heavily committed to the tech workforce and validating skills and producing tests to validate those skills and the Mm -hmm. training to pass those tests. So we certify even throughout the pandemic, we're very fortunate that we pivoted to online testing and certify about 300,000 a year. Um, We actually have three of the top five selling certifications in the world, A plus, Network plus, Security plus, and then we're joined by Microsoft and Cisco. So we have a very significant technical certification business and all of the revenues from that after we cover overhead and we invest in new certifications um, and testing tools is put back into the industry. And as a trade association, our mission is pretty straightforward and simple to drive the global technology industry forward. So we are advocates for the tech industry and the tech workforce. And on the membership side, and that is what I head up, we have many programs that help individuals grow careers in tech and businesses grow their businesses in tech. So we provide a tremendous amount of resources, industry insight in the form of research, networking with your peers in the form of communities and events and education and content and everything to equip people with the 
knowledge and the understanding and the direction they need to be successful in the industry. It's, um, I appreciate you, you giving us that, that overview. I, I have had the pleasure of serving on the MSPEC and it had opened my eyes to a great degree and I'm a vendor, right? So um, wasn't as embedded from the MSP side inside of CompTIA, but um, the amount of um, decisions and just the evaluations Process. that we're making on the market and collaborating with some of the other communities. And there's, there's so much um, excellent structure in how to find out what's relevant from the MSP's perspective, what you guys are seeing from a, a big high-end um, um, research and, and trends. Um, it's, it's, it's been really, really, uh, it's been really cool. And anyone that's on this podcast that has not really started to submerse themselves inside of the community, I think, I think you need to continue to, to dig in to what, what CompTIA offers because it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to go through my own journey from a vendor and and a, and a council person. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, we hope that it's informative and it's fun. And you raised a really good point. We are member led and run. We are member owned and led and run as an association. So there is a lot of governance and a lot of structure, and we leverage people in the industry to. Yes the conversation, lead the communities, tell us what they need out there, what kind of resources, what kind of insight. And um, we have eight member communities and six advisory councils now, and each of them are tasked with identifying initiatives that they will lead as a community and CompTIA will support as far as research or marketing or creative or content. Um, so we work really hard. Uh, we have a lot of fun and there's a lot of incremental value in the peer-to-peer -peer exchanges and uh, the camaraderie there. But the folks inside the EC, and thank you for serving on an EC, that's a, a big commitment and responsibility. But that inner circle that's driving the initiatives and working on the initiatives, by the end of any given year, we have 20 or more significant projects that our communities and council have worked on that have added a lot of value, you know? Yeah. So uh, a couple of years ago, the security community came up with a software tool, the security wizard, that would allow an MSP or an SSP to go into their client and do a risk assessment on a template, vendor neutral, um, and help them with that process of identifying risk and then they could recommend solutions to their client. And that was an initiative that came from actually the, the security community and the MSP community worked together on it. And yeah. that has global reach now. I was in yeah. Australia and an MSP came up to me and said, oh my gosh, I love that security wizard tool. And you know, I'm a big Microsoft partner. And they actually commented on how it was driving him to be one of their best partners because of that tool. So yeah, you know, pretty, pretty neat things. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And thank you for, uh, all you guys do for the community and, and fostering that type of collaboration to to get that type of of results. Um, so I'm going to shift uh, I'm going to shift gears on you just 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 ever so slightly. Um, how did you yourself get get involved in in the technology industry? Oh, wow. So um, I've been in the tech industry for 35 years. Uh, the yeah. majority of my professional career. 
Um, I have to tell you, honestly, Ryan, I fell into it like a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. I had moved from the city to Long Island and I was looking for a job. And there was a friend that worked at CMP Media, um, which is where I wound up working. Sure. And they were looking for somebody part-time to copyright articles. Um, CMP produced a host, they published a host of publications in the tech space, including Information Week, Network Computing, Computer Reseller News, et cetera. So I took that part-time job as a little bit of a stopgap, but I had an affinity for tech. I was fortunate enough to have gone to the University of Delaware in the 80s, and they were so proud of the fact that they were one of the few universities that had introduced a computer lab mm. in the early 80s, and all of their business students were required to take a computer science course every semester. Interesting. So forced fun, and I was doing COBOL and Fortran programming and, uh, and all of that, and I understood um, from that experience that that was kind of a little bit forced on me. I wasn't so excited to be taking computer science uh, as a business or a marketing major, but I understood that connection between technology and business. And I think, you know, when I graduated college, I understood this is a big, significant industry, you know, where right. there's lots of opportunity. So when I started at CMP and I thought it would be part-time, there was a posting for a full-time position in sales and marketing, so perfect for me and uh, my degree and my experience, and it was selling media. Um, started out selling the databases of the newspapers and magazines, and then actually selling the ad pages, and I built a really nice career there over 25 years, and my last 10 years or so, I was running their exchange events business which was really about communities and about fostering yeah. relationship between vendors and partners. And it was a wonderful experience. Um, about a year before I left, Todd Thibodeau joined CompTIA as the new CEO and president. And in most industries, the largest trade association and media company will work together. So one of the first things that Todd did was come out to Boston and meet the executive team and he shared his vision for CompTIA. And um, that meeting for me was um, um, transformative. I don't want to be too dramatic about it, but sure. I started thinking, I want to work for that company. Um, at this point in my career, um, I want to give back. I think a lot of people and even members that work with CompTIA appreciate the great careers that they've built and they want to give back and help other people in the industry. So um, it took about a year, you know, where the timing was right. And, uh, and I joined CompTIA and I've been there about 10 years now. And I do have an opportunity and I have a new role at CompTIA now to help students um, and to help young folk see the opportunity with a career in tech. And you know to motivate them and inspire them and help onboard them into our wonderful industry. That's incredibly rewarding to me too. Just helping people grow their careers. You know that's perfect that you mentioned that because I had a note here to ask you. I had noticed a, a uh, another title uh, on your profile: yeah. CEO of the CompTIA Tech Careers Academy. And so that's how how is that? transition um you know uh how's that new transition yeah, so been just, i mean it's uh, i'm just right in the middle of it that was uh, just announced in the past uh, couple of weeks i will right. still 
head up the membership organization. But for about two years, um, CompTIA has been working on launching this online technical vocational academy. It mm -hmm. is an educational institution that will be online. Um, the history of it is CompTIA has a foundation, Creating IT Futures Foundation. And for many years, they ran a program, and they still do, called IT Ready Apprentice. And that is working with several cities and states where we're licensed to um, bring in programs to train the at-risk and the underserved. So folks that, you know, have been on the unemployment line for two years and have been displaced, you know, from their jobs or careers or returning troops or folks coming out of incarceration or women um, re-entering the workforce um, and, and folks that kind of need a leg up, these have been city and state funded technical training programs, 10-week programs, where we're taking people that don't know a lick of technology, maybe off an unemployment line, and in 10 weeks, giving them the intensive training mm -hmm. to pass an A-plus exam and get hired you know, as a help desk uh, technician or something on that level. That program has been tremendously successful, and we've graduated thousands of students. And from that came the idea of having an alternative to the traditional higher education um, and offering an, an intensive online program um, that will prepare an individual for a career in tech that'll be role-based. So um, most of the programs are 10 months in length. The pricing of it is from 8,000 to $12,000. We're working on our accreditation, so it will be available to every student so that they can use 529 plans or Pell right. student loans and all that. So we're waiting on the accreditation. Um, but we will offer uh, you know, courseware if you want to be a cybersecurity analyst. You will go through this intensive program. It will be task-based, so there'll be virtual and kind of hands-on learning, even though it's going to be online. That's and you awesome. Security Plus, your Cybersecurity Analyst Plus, and your Pen Test Plus certifications in that year program, and we are working on job placement. And there'll be a connection with our membership and all the vendors and MSPs that we work with that will vet out your talent for you, and we will train them, and we will place them with you. So it'll be a great benefit to members as well. So. Um, my existing title is EVP of Membership and Industry Relations. Uh, it's a natural extension now for me to be heading up this academy and being the face and the voice out in the industry that is evangelizing this alternative higher education that will fast track an individual into a career. And it's really interesting. Um, we're about a year away from accreditation. It is quite a process. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine. But we have been getting the state licenses. So we've got 40 out of the 50 state licenses. Until we're accredited, we are permitted to run these programs by state. And as soon as the pandemic hit, um, there was lots of money at the state and city level that they were putting into educating and retraining and getting displaced workers off of unemployment. So we have been doing a bunch of custom training solutions with cities and states um, training folk. And it's, it's allowed us to kick the tires a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's 
not the same as the academy where it's a 10 month program, but some of them are three months program, you know, where we're giving them the training and then working with the city or state, helping to place them and get them off of unemployment. So um, it's pretty neat. And we're hoping that when we get the accreditation around the summer or fall of next year, we'll be ready to open our doors online. And we're hoping to onboard at least 2,500 students. And I tell you, as the mother of a 23 year old, and it, you know, the, the standard education system didn't quite work for him. Right. And uh, if he had an option in any industry to get total immersion and intensive training for a year at a reasonable cost with career placement, he would have jumped at it. And right. we don't have too many opportunities like that. We are saying, you know, um, loud and proud there is no entry level position in tech that you need a four year degree for. And many of the larger vendors are dropping the college degree requirement, including right. Apple and IBM. And you know, there, there's a paradigm shift happening here. Agreed. And then with the pandemic, we've proven, we've tested and proven distance learning and remote online learning. I think there used to be a little bit of a stigma if you were going to an online university and now Harvard and Princeton are online, right? right? And it's been the great equalizer. And, you know, you definitely need college for certain professions and careers, but not all. And you don't necessarily, it's like one size fits all. So you could be paying $150,000 for a four year school for a general business administration marketing or pre-med or pre-law. It really doesn't make a lot of sense, right? right? So we're challenging that. We're offering something affordable, efficient. And we're actually hoping this is just the start of a trend where if you want to be a journalist, you can go to a one-year total immersion intensive program online and learn everything you need to know to be a journalist and get fast-tracked into a career, right? So um, really excited to be a little bit of a disruptor. We're also going to be teaching a lot of the soft skills and the um, employability skills that you need to be in tech, which sometimes, you know, a tech professional is missing. So I'm obviously you can tell I'm super excited. Uh, about oh, yeah. That. Yeah. And, you know, I there's such a disservice that can happen with a certain percentage of young people where a yeah. four year degree just isn't the right fit, right? And you're right, there's just that umbrella and to come in and um, give a viable option, accreditation, and you you hit the nail on the head with 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 a point that you said that I, I think is super important in the immersion philosophy, are the soft skills combined yeah. with the intense technical training. Because if I was to look back, I went to school for architecture. <laughs> That's obviously okay. not, not what are. I'm doing, right? And, and here we are. And I, and I always say the, the thing that college did for me um, was it forced me, again, to one of your earlier points, was get comfortable with being in front of people. I had to present a lot in the architecture yeah. program. So those type of soft skills, I was like, hey, I, I, I got comfortable being in front of people. There was my value, but I love the thought of the immersion. And um, it just sounds like such an incredible number one recipe for success for young people, but two, the skills gap that 
continues to widen yes. inside. You guys are attacking that directly and being proactive exactly. versus sitting back. You know, I love that. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Like, and that's where it's coming from. We have nearly a million open tech positions, right? And uh, and that gap is widening and widening. And we don't have a lot of diversity in our industry. Correct. You know? A lot of minorities, women or African-American or Hispanic, you know, they they don't identify with tech because they don't see a lot of people that look like them in the industry, you know? So we really need to do a better job of reaching out to them and being role models and being influencers and giving them all they help. Anybody can do tech, anybody. Anybody right. can learn tech. It's a learnable skill. You need to have a little bit of an interest or a passion or an affinity for it. For but, sure. Oh my gosh. There are so many kids that are sitting gaming that, you know, have like such a runway into tech, but they don't know people in tech or, you know, the school is frowning upon that. Like the experience that my son had by the time he was in 11th grade, I had the school calling me like, Mrs. Hammervick, you know, Christian hasn't signed up for all his college prep work or his SATs. And, you know, for him, he always challenged the system. Like, what if I don't want to go to college? Right. But wasn't really an option, you know, or what if I don't want to go now, you know, and um, I'm really excited about being able to offer an alternative. The world is changing, you know, all of our industries, including education, have to be flexible and change with it. And also, it's not just for students, it's also for displaced adults, mm -hmm. or people that find, you know, I'm not loving this job, you know, whatever it might be, or they lose their job. And we want to grab them and retrain them and get them back, you know, or get them into, you know, tech jobs, you know, within a year. So hopefully, we're also helping to close that skills gap, and what we call the confidence gap too. Well, and just from a dollar for dollar return on investment for the student coming in, right. um, it's hard it's very hard to compare. I mean, you guys are, uh, uh, you know, it's it's such an attractive option. Very, thank you for really digging in there. I, I think that's just really valuable for people to understand. And and how, uh, how, how can MSPs, you know, IT service providers keep their ear to the rail on the progression and rollout of that that program. Oh yeah, great. Is, so be involved in 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 the CompTIA communities, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. So there's two ways you can engage with CompTIA. You can be a member, a premier member, and the uh, membership dues are really nominal. You know, as I mentioned before, we're really funded by the sale of our technical certifications. Mm -hmm. So we're not selling sponsorships, and we don't have high dues rates. It's three hundred fifty dollars for an MSP company. But um, eight years ago or so, we also opened the doors to uh, CompTIA membership, if you will, and offered a, a free or complimentary membership on a digital basis. So we produce so much content and so much research and to only be sharing that with our paying members was just doing a great disservice to the industry. Um, if we're not reliant on membership dues, and we're this global trade association that's supposed to be moving the industry forward, our resources should be available to as many people as possible. So about eight years ago, we opened up virtual doors, we put everything in front of the firewall, and you can subscribe um, at no cost and be a CompTIA registered user. 
we have more than a quarter of a million registered users. So awesome. if you make that connection, just go to comptia.org and where you see join, you can join as a member and there's additional benefits for being a member, but you can join as a registered user and you'll be connected to CompTIA and you'll hear all about the developments that we have. We also are all over social media. So you can find us on Facebook or um, Twitter, Instagram. We just launched, I'm very excited about this. We're getting very cool. We launched a YouTube channel called oh, CompTIA cool. World. And we're on our third series that have five episodes each. So we have one uh, for MSPs on business transformation. Um, we have one with MJ Shore, Shoring Up Security. Um, and that talks a lot about our ISAO and, uh, and, and threats and uh, response. And uh, we have a new one coming up with Bob Stegner on lessons of an SMB. Uh, universal truths, kind of talking about dynamics in the channel. Uh, if you know Bob Stegner, who is yep. at Ingram and Synex now, uh, been in the industry for many years, he's a veteran. He's sharing his perspective on the industry from 20, 25 years ago uh, to now and what some of the universal truths are. So yeah, so you can find us anywhere. And believe me, once you connect with us, we'll make sure to stay in touch with you. No, you guys are you guys are uh, great, great communicators. So thank you for for all the info. I'm jotting down notes here. <laughs> I'm 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 the worst talker and uh, uh, note taker. Make sure we're following up appropriately after here. <laughs> watch watch me chew gum and walk. I know I chew ice. I know. <laughs> hey everybody, Ryan here for a quick break from our show. We want to thank Nancy from CompTIA for joining us on today's episode. You can find out more about the association at comptia.org. Now, this wouldn't be an ad break without running some ads, so I'd like to talk to you about our product, Connect Booster. Connect Booster is the premier accounts receivable management and payment automation tool for the channel. When our partners invoice and bill their clients, Connect Booster automates the payment, automates the accounting, and gives 24-7, 365 visibility into end clients so they can see current invoices, past invoices, auto pay settings, securely stored checking, credit card data, and so much more. We all know it's hard enough to get in the door of a prospect and it's hard enough to close the deal. It shouldn't be hard to accept their money when the sale is made. If your business isn't one of the thousands that is getting paid faster with Connect Booster, reach out to us at connectbooster.com to learn more how you can automate your cash flow. Before we get back to the show, we want to let you know all the ways you can find us online. Visit our website, connectbooster.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes before they air on the podcast network. If you'd rather wait, our episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and really anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So search Connect Booster on your favorite platform and subscribe to get notified when there's a new episode. If you have suggestions for future episodes or want to be a guest on the podcast, please email us at podcast at connectbooster.com or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter and we'll point you in the right direction. Lastly, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes and tell us why you like it. Thanks for listening to the confessions of an IT business owner. We'll get back to the podcast and talk to you soon.
uh, you'd hit on CompTIA uh, uh, research, you know, in the last uh, answer. And I know uh, as a resource for MSPs, vendors, uh, industry experts, uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of entities rely upon um, your your reporting and trend reports and predictions. Um, I think a lot of us are ready to put 2020 behind us to, oh, yes. to, to rest. Um, the CompTIA 2021 IT Outlook Outlook report. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be very welcome <laughs> from yes. from the community yeah. and, and get 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 getting insight from you know all of the time, effort, and 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 money that you guys pour in. Um, to research, what what are some of the the changes that you guys see and envision for 2021 and beyond? So the IT industry outlook is out now, and it is in front of the firewall, and it is one of the most anticipated pieces of research that we do. We holistically look at the health of the industry, the workforce, and then the businesses that support it. So we also partner with IDC on some of the global numbers and trending. And while you know the tech industry, especially the big tier one and tier two vendors were not immune from an impact of the pandemic, we uh, fared pretty well as an industry. And yeah. we were slightly behind forecasted growth for the year, which is understandable uh, in a pandemic but we're looking at beating $4 trillion as an industry um, in 2021. So looking for growth. I would say what the IT outlook is showing this year is that the pandemic was a great accelerator. So there were many things that needed to happen in our industry, but we were so busy and we were moving so fast and everything was kind of good enough. And we just kept you know, moving forward. Um, the pandemic really put a spotlight on how woefully inequipped we were to manage cybersecurity in a remote world. Right. Once everybody, like when the workforce went remote and all like that. So um, MSPs did a terrific job of shoring up uh, their customers and getting people up to speed with cybersecurity, but we have a long way to go. And um, unfortunately, the threats increased throughout the pandemic. The bad mm -hmm. actors, you know, find this to be like just the perfect environment. New legislation is starting to come out that's going to hold MSPs responsible for cybersecurity. Right. So the IT industry outlook is showing absolutely like an increase um, focused on cybersecurity and MSPs um, will be growing their businesses and that share of business on cybersecurity. The other thing is on emerging technologies. So probably three or four years ago, we consciously started pivoting, maybe not pivoting, I would say expanding from the traditional MSP that was still selling product, some services, um, being very responsive, maybe managing infrastructure. We were sharing about the need to be selling solutions for MSPs to be that trusted advisor that a customer comes to to solve a business problem. And even more importantly, to proactively work with your customer and so, uh, suggest solutions that they don't even know they need, right? right. It will help them be more efficient, more effective, more competitive. But those emerging technologies like 
AI with um, cybersecurity or using AI on to automate tasks or to manage repetitive tasks um, or using drones or you know getting a little bit more sophisticated with IoT and data. Right. MSPs weren't moving that fast there. Um, and that's because the phone was still ringing. They were, you know, making their numbers. They were very busy, and uh, it's kind of like if it's not broke, don't fix it, and nobody's asking for it. Um, but what the IT industry outlook is showing is that there's going to be a purposeful and significant increase on adopting these emerging technologies and making us all a little bit more efficient and effective. Also, this wasn't really in the uh, outlook, but technology started getting a bad rap. The more advanced we were getting and the more emerging tech that came out, the more people were fearing privacy issues, right? Mm -hmm. And um, control issues and loss of jobs. And uh, people started looking at tech as like the big bad wolf. Um, technology, I feel, saved the day for business with the pandemic. It was That's definitely true. technology's time to shine. Right. And I think folks now see how technology can be used for good if it's done in a responsible and a controlled way and how it kept the lights on and how it kept businesses running. And now the customer is going to want more of that. They're gonna want you know, to realize more of that savings. They wanna stay more competitive. So the IT industry outlook is actually showing a faster adoption of the emerging technologies than we were forecasting last year. Sure. Um, and then just, Overall, you know, it's going to be a strong, healthy year, and especially for MSPs. A lot of MSPs are going to be adding new services to their line card, working on selling the solutions. Um, I think more than half, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but more than half said that next year, um, the makeup of their business will change and they will be selling new solutions. That's really interesting. interesting dynamic that's coming out of it, Ryan, is that we've been talking for a long time about vertical market VARs. You know, when mm -hmm. I was CRN and VAR business back in the day, we were preaching vertical market VARs, but you didn't see that really take hold so much because a lot of the solutions that the integrators and the MSPs were selling were universal across a lot of industries. Definitely some specialize in some vertical markets. But again, I say the pandemic is the great accelerator because using emerging technologies now, an MSP can get very deep into a specific vertical market. So they might be in agriculture um, or construction or hospitality and leveraging emerging tech now they can bring AI into that vertical market. They can bring IoT. They can bring um, XR, virtual reality, augmented reality, all with the application for that market. So we are seeing this trend that some MSPs and, and solution providers are going to start focusing and like going deep on not just providing product and infrastructure, remote management and all that to their clients, but being this proactive business partner that's, uh, you know, building really good business solutions. So I'm super excited to see that uh, coming to be. So I had mentioned a couple of years ago, we expanded our membership beyond the traditional MSP to right. bring 
more of these emerging technology vendors, more of these emerging technology distributors and integrators. And it's created a nice ecosystem in CompTIA. Um, MSPs are either evolving and starting to sell new solutions themselves, or they're partnering with the yeah. MTech folk. And the MTech folk need the infrastructure and vice versa. So there's a, a lot of opportunity. And the outlook is showing that um, it will be a strong year uh, for the industry and MSPs. Well, Nancy, uh, you know, just, just before closing here, I, you know, I really want to thank you for um, the insights from you personally and learning a little bit more about yourself, um, industry insights from CompTIA's perspective, some of the cool things that you guys are doing to uh, shake up the industry, shake up education, uh, fill the fill the, the the talent and skills gap that exists and, and you know, making your mark there. That's very cool. Um, and to end, I have, I have one final question for you. And, and this really hit me, and I'm very interested in your answer based on, um, you had mentioned you enjoy growing people, you know, and, and yeah. mentoring individuals and, yeah. and pushing them. So in, you know, in the career, successful career that you've had and, and all of the people that you've interfaced with and, and the success that you've had, um, you know, what advice would you have for someone that's maybe changing careers coming into the tech industry or, or, or someone new that maybe doesn't feel like they fit the norm and, and, and is interested in the tech industry, you know, what advice do you have for them and their, their personal pivot? Yeah. So, you know, everybody needs a, a mentor, but even more important than that is you need a sponsor. You need somebody who's interested in your growth. So I know it's really hard when you're new and you feel like you don't uh, fit yet, or you don't have those connections, but whether it's online or whether it's with a live community right now, so much is online, you know, yeah. just put yourself out there and start making connections and building relationships and find somebody that you trust that is interested. And you know what? It may not even be in the industry. It might be a family member that just encourages you, right? Sure. But like somebody that you can share your experiences with, get feedback on, somebody that you know is going to congratulate you when you do well and be happy for you or challenge you when you're getting down on yourself or you're right. giving up. But if there's one thing this pandemic has taught us and has taught me about this industry is that we're all in this together. You know, mm -hmm. nobody can like go it alone. So, you know, Sometimes people want to be very strong and, and self-reliant and resourceful. It takes a stronger person to get out of their comfort zone and right. make connections and make relationships, right? So it is all about the people. Like we're tech and people are worried that tech is going to replace people, but tech is never going to be your coach and tech is never going to be your motivator and never going to be your inspirer, right? right. So it's still very much... Um, the people business, but just try to avail yourself of as many resources as you can. And if you're new in tech, I would say one of the most important things that you can do is subscribe to CompTIA. And this is not promotional at all. This is like genuine because I really believe in the community that will support you. For sure. Join a community, right? So we have a community for MSPs and security and 
we have a community advancing tech talent and diversity. So for somebody that really feels I don't fit and I don't see people that look like me and I'm a woman in tech or I'm an African-American or tech or something, join that community. You will get more support and more encouragement. And you know we're trying to work also with the employers that we're building good cultures that you know embrace people and um, you know, one of the other things that we grappled with this year was all the social injustice. And there was mm -hmm. increased interest in diversity and inclusion programs. Well, I'm really proud of the fact that CompTIA has had a community for that for over seven years. Yeah. And people started coming to us. Like an SMB never really thought about having a DEI strategy or program in their business. But now they're asking. And, you know, big companies may have the wherewithal to build those programs and smaller companies don't, but we all just now have to be acutely aware of treating each other fairly and kindly and being supportive. And so, yeah, I would say the most important thing you could do is join a community and find a sponsor. Yep. That's awesome. That's, that's great insight and great advice. Thank you very much. Well, Nancy, that that that's a wrap. Thank you for spending fun. your valuable yeah. time yeah. with us. It was great I, to spend I time with you. I really it. appreciate it. You as well. Enjoy time with your with your son and and your. Mother. I will. I will. Thank you very much. I appreciate that.